Welcome to Let's Be Real Podcast with Leslie and Brittany, two highly educated and experienced sisters in Christ having truthful and straightforward conversations dedicated to your mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode with Brittany and Leslie. Um, Thank you guys for tuning in. Today we're going to talk about the power of radical compassion and grace. Um, My sister Brittany will read a quote um, about grace and we will kind of center out, I mean, compassion and grace. And we're going to center our topic around the quote today. Yeah. So the quote that we're getting started with says, self-compassion is like a muscle. The more we practice flexing it, especially when life doesn't go exactly to plan a frequent scenario for most of us, the stronger and more resilient our compassion muscle becomes. So how I want to start off speaking about compassion, opening up this discussion of self-compassion is going to that root word, compassion. What does compassion really mean? Well, for me personally, as a nurse, we practice compassionate care. And what does that mean? What does it mean to be compassionate? To be compassionate is the feeling that arises when you are confronted with another's suffering and feel motivated to relieve that suffering. So you you feel something on the inside that motivates you to relieve that suffering. And that's why it's so important in my profession is that to be a compassionate nurse, that you're motivated to relieve whatever your client or your patient is going through is, is why it's so specifically important, important to be compassionate. But when you're looking at self-compassion, what does that look like? That means being motivated to help your own self. And how do we do that? Well, you can practice forgiveness. That means not punishing yourself when you make mistakes. Um, you can practice a healthy mindset. There, there are a lot of things now that focus on mindset. Recent studies have shown us how mindset plays such a large role. You can express gratitude to yourself, give generosity to yourself, and be mindful, just being mindful of what we do with ourselves. For someone like me, I thrive specifically just for me personally, I thrive with um, a negative, uh, a negative stimuli, a uh, criticism. I'm very, very self self critical. Uh, I, I even pass that on to my son, uh, being motivated by that criticism. And he was telling me the other day. He said, "Mom, I needed to make my six minute mile, and what finally made me make it was that my coach told me that I couldn't do it." And when he said I couldn't do it, I just knew I had to do it. So it is good to have that that push and drive. But for those of us that use that self-critical thing, you can definitely over-function. And then now you're you're on this, this unbalanced of being overly critical of yourself and not practicing self-compassion. It, it's very easy for someone like that to be compassionate of someone else. 
like you see a friend going through something and, and I get told this a lot. You see a friend going through something and you're like, yeah, girl, it's going to be okay. I, you know, I know you've gained these 20 pounds, but you can lose it. It's going to be all right. All you have to do is go for a walk and, and you feel motivated to help that other person get to their, to reach their goals and to reach their dreams. But what about the power the power of self-compassion and the power of, of doing that for yourself, motivating your own self. So I think it's something that we definitely have to practice. It's like a muscle, like, like the quote said, it's, it's a muscle and we have to practice doing it over and over. And the more we do that thing, the better we're going to get at it. And I, and I love the examples, um, Brittany just provided us today. Um, is, it is, it's a muscle. It's something that, you know, you have to practice constantly. And like I always tell myself, I think one of the most important things I do is self nourishing. And that's a part of self compassion as well as like nourishing your soul and nourishing your spirit daily. That means when I make a mistake and when I, you know, and I probably had my worst day, right? It's like going back, coming back to myself and just really nourishing my soul and say, did you try your very best? Even if you didn't, what do you think you gained? Like what you think you can do differently tomorrow? You did your best today. Even if it was your, if your best wasn't good enough, was it your best? Like finding ways to continue to encourage myself and, and really care for my spirit and care for my, my, men, my mental needs. I think that's a part of the, the, the steps of really being able to provide yourself with great, um, self-compassion. I think, um, a lot of us, we really don't know where to start when it comes down to self-love or self-compassion or even extending ourselves a little bit of grace because some of us, we were never taught that. We've seen our parents being critical of themselves or we've, we watched others, um, make negative comments about themselves probably throughout our lives or we watch people really tell us like you have to try your best you have to be your best at this and if you're not then you're not good enough and so sometimes that imposter syndrome will show up um like um, Brittany said that self-critic would show up or you know negative self-judgment would show up and all of these things would show up and sometimes it will it's not sometimes it normally hinders our ability to really practice self-compassion and the reason why we we think that self-compassion is something that you need to be empowered to do is because sometimes we reach these walls in our life or we reach these stumbling blocks in our life and we need compassion we need to understand that you know some things we're in seasons of our life and there's nothing we can possibly do sometimes to alter that season. There are things that we can do, but if you do put your best foot forward, sometimes it's about just trusting the process of that season. And so that's why I think self-compassion is so important because in those seasons where you're trying your best and your best is just not giving you the results that you want, that's when you have to nourish your soul. That's when you have to be a little bit more gentle with your thoughts and a little bit more gentle with your perspective on who you are and who you're becoming. I think when I really came up with this um, topic and me and Brittany was talking about it, what I had in mind was the young women out there who may be or young men who are struggling with weight loss issues, body image issues, depression, 
um, mental issues um, altogether or just anxiety or just um, daily stressors that they're challenged with or, you know, business things that they're dealing with or family issues that have kind of hit them out of nowhere. I think sometimes the only way to overcome these things is to shower yourself with um, self-compassion because that really will give you the ability to keep moving forward because when you don't have self-compassion and you're giving it to everybody else but you're not giving it to yourself what's going to happen is you're going to become a little bit more discouraged you're going to become a little bit more depressed about the things that are not working out in your life or the goals that you did not reach so i think practicing radical self-compassion is a formula that will help you to be your best self even when you don't want to be it will help you to just stay on the road of becoming your best self and i think that's why it's so valid and empowering to do whenever you need it you need to apply this to um, to your life so you can get the best results or you can have the best results in your in your relationships with people else in your relationships with in your business relationships you need to pretty much cultivate this this ideal that I'm important that I matter that I learn to care for myself as much as I care for other people I love what you said about gentleness, being gentle with yourself, because we can be very, very harsh on ourselves. We can be, we can be hard um, on ourselves. But I love what you said about gentleness, being tender, being tender to yourself, being kind to yourself. And a thing that we discussed earlier is that it's okay to practice this self-compassion compassion, be kind and gentle for a moment and let that, let that moment. For example, we're in the holidays right now. We're in the holiday season right now and understanding that this is a moment and this too shall pass. But while you are in this moment of, of needing that compassion, you're going through something, you're having some difficulties you're not where you want to be with your weight. It's okay. It's okay. Just know and understand that this is just for a moment. Be kind to yourself in this moment because when you get out of it, because you will, and you're going to do it by doing work. It takes work. It takes saying, okay, I have to change something. I have to put down the sugar. This is the thing that is, that is so, so important as we get out of this, these holiday seasons, okay, it's time to stop overindulging. It's time to put down the, the excessive carbohydrates, the excessive sugars. But while you are in that time, yes, be, be kind to yourself because as you come out, you're going to say, and, and when you finally lose that 20 pounds, you're going to say, man, I wish I would have just been a little bit nicer to myself. It was, it was unnecessary to be mean. Why, why would you be mean to a person that's trying to do better? I see people in the gym all the time um, that are, you can tell they're on their beginning of their journey, you know, but they're making it. They're making it in. They're pushing, pushing themselves. And would you, would you laugh at a person? Would you, would you scold a person that is trying to do better? Seeing them out there, seeing them on the treadmill, pushing their best, giving it their best. 
No, you wouldn't be mean to that person. You would say, you got this. And, and, I, and I do that a lot because it's so important to, to remind each other, remind us, you know, we're brothers and sisters to remind one another that, yes, be kind to one another and be kind to yourself, just like you would tell somebody else, hey, you got this. Good job. Congratulations. You made it in. You made it in today. You know, you give somebody a high five. Yes, we made it in today. Do that for yourself. Encourage yourself like, yes, I got this. I made it up. I made it today. I woke up at 4 a.m. I made it to the gym. Even because it, just like it took time for you to get into a dark place, it takes time to get out of that dark place. It, it doesn't happen overnight. And that's something that I want to remind you as we do come out of the holiday seasons that January 1st, it just doesn't all the all, all of the things that you did over the holidays, it just, it's not instantaneous. It's going to take some time. So be kind to yourself as you're taking that time. And it's okay to celebrate the small victories. Actually, you should celebrate those small victories. We talked, we talk about non-scale victories all the time. Celebrate. Yes. I made it to the gym today. Yes. I exercised today. Yes, I didn't eat any chips, no soda. I didn't have any more leftover stuffing. <laughs> These are the things that we want to celebrate, celebrate those non-scale victories. And over time, you will definitely reach your goal. And, and it's going to just be, it's going to be a better journey when you're, when you're practicing that self-compassion. And I think it's, you know, and every time I talk to someone about the word self-compassion or um, giving their self great, giving themselves grace. The first thing people tell me like, oh, when you kind of break down self-compassion and what it means, I, I'm always giving that to other people, right? It's so easy for me to give that to, like Brittany said earlier, a friend or your kid or another loved one, right? But when I think about when it's time to give it to ourselves, I think we think sometimes that's selfish. Uh, we, 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 we are very critical of what the, of giving ourselves self-love, right? And I think for most people, it's uncomfortable to be in a place where you're really nourishing yourself because you've never really understood the, the importance of what nourishing, nourishment really mean, right? Like being able to nourish oneself mean that I'm giving myself what, what I'm expecting other people to give me, right? I'm, I'm releasing other people from this notion that they have to, love me all the time where they need to be able to, they're responsible for my feelings or they're responsible for what's happening inside of me. And I'm letting go of this notion that I have no power over that. And I, when I tell people that you do have power over your self-love, you do have power over your self-work because if you practice and tone into self-compassion, then what you do, you're releasing this amount of energy throughout the body systems to let the body know that, you know what, we're one and whatever we face, we will overcome. I think what you're telling your body is that I love you no matter what state you're in. And if you're not in the state that we want to be in, we're going to love you enough to get you to where you want to be. I think a lot of times when, when you really think about the people who really make it first, like consistently stay on a weight loss journey or consistently overcome depression and all these other things, it's because most of those people learn to fall in love with themselves sometimes at some point 
point, right? I think the more you fall in love with yourself, the happier you're going to become and also the happier life will be for you. And I think it's, it's more about perspective than anything else. And I think this perspective that we're, we're giving you guys today about self-compassion is a perspective that it's okay to love oneself. It's okay to, to hug yourself. It's okay to say, you know what? You're more than enough, right? You did your best today. Like, I love you for who you are and there is nothing this world can ever do for you that I won't do for you. Like if no one else supports you, I support you. I mean, when you start doing that kind of stuff to yourself every day, it doesn't matter if Johnny leaves you. It doesn't matter if Becky decides to leave you. It doesn't even matter if your own kids won't accept you. It's like, even when I was, um, I think when I was thinking about a scripture to the ones who really do well, which is understanding scripture, I thought about Psalms 103 and eight, and it talked about the compassion and the, and the love of God. Like the Lord is so compassionate and gracious. He's slow to anger and abiding in love. And so when you think about abiding in love, that means God is love. So no matter what shape or state that God finds you in, his love is right there to pick you up. And when you think about it, if his love can do that and he's giving you his love and his love lives within you or his love, you were born with his love or you were, you were created in his image and his love, then you have love inside of you too. And so that's where whatever you need, I always tell my clients this, whatever you need from yourself is already inside of you. You just need to tap into it. So what we're telling you to tap into this level of self-compassion is not because you don't have it. It's because it's right there. We're just telling you that you need to tap into it. It's like I, it's like having a box of tools from Lowe's or Home Depot. And, and one day your tire goes out and you never use your toolbox until this point. And then you open your toolbox, you see all of these different tools. And then there are some tools right in that toolbox to fix your tire. And it's like, that you were, we went to Lowe's, you bought the twos. You didn't know which two was which until you have a, I guess, until we have a problem. That's when you're using your toolbox. But that's the same way with our body. We were born spiritually and physically. We were born with what we need. And I think the only way sometimes we can tap into those things until someone just like lets us know, like having compassion is important. You have that in your toolbox. You need to let it, you need to tap into that too. That's a, that's another tool for survival. And I think that's what we're saying. You have these things in your toolbox uh, and the power of unleashing this tool onto your life is life changing. Mm -hmm. I love, I love the way we use the toolbox. I'm sure for any of you that, that do practice mindfulness, uh, maybe you have a therapist, maybe you don't, uh, maybe you read, maybe you don't, but I've heard the, the phrase using our toolbox coined a lot lately. And last week in one of my small groups, we were talking about the toolbox and there was a older gentleman there and he was talking about the toolbox. We were talking about the marriage toolbox specifically, but in relation to self-compassion and using the, the, that, that tool in your toolbox of self-compassion, he was talking about just uh, very similar to what Leslie was saying is that we'll have all of these tools in our toolbox and we just don't know how to access it. And what this gentleman was explaining is that we'll use those tools out of our toolbox and then we'll just throw them back in there and, and we'll use it and go grab what we need when we need it. 
and, you know, just grab it in and go throw it back in. And he says, as you have life experience and as you age and as you practice accessing those tools over and over again, you will learn, you will learn that it's better to organize those tools in that toolbox. My, my husband's very, very organized. So he, he has a very large toolbox in his, in the garage and he'll tell me, go get the wrenches in the second drawer on the right side of the toolbox because he's used it. He's accessed that, that tool over and over and over again. And now he figured Instead of just throwing it back in the toolbox, let me organize that thing and let me put it in there. That way, next time I need to access that tool, I can go in. I know exactly where it is. I know how to grab it and I know how to utilize it and put it right back away. So as it pertains to self-compassion, the more you use this tool and you use this tool and you pull it out of your toolbox and put it back in, it's going to become easier and easier to access. You'll become very familiar with it. Another gentleman in that same group that I was in last week in that small group, he was saying that, oh, you know, they have been married for, they've been married for 40 years. And he said, oh, it's really simple. You just treat the person how you want to be treated. Oh, it's, it's simple. And he figured out, he figured that after using that tool over and over and over again, and I was telling him, I said, well, it's easy because you've used that tool so many times, you know exactly how, you know the tools to make a marriage work. You know that communication is important. You've used that tool of communication so many times. You've used that tool of understanding your wife's love language so many times that, yes, now it is easy. And so what we're telling you today, what Leslie and I are telling you today is that using that tool of self-compassion, when you use it, when you need it, and you put it back and you organize it in your toolbox, one day you're going to get to a place of, oh, yeah, that's easy. All I do, I just go to the spa on Saturdays with my girlfriends or for gentlemen. I just make sure I schedule a boys night and we do that every Friday night. You you learn how to practice that self-compassion. I talked to a, a young lady at my church service and she said, oh, yeah, I just had I took myself to brunch. I had brunch with God today. Just me and God at the coffee shop. That was it. And learning how to use those tools of self-compassion, it just becomes easier and easier the more you do it. And making it a part of your life. Yeah, just make it a routine part of your life is what I would say. And I think I, I love the part where you said mindfulness, because um, as we were actually going through this, I was thinking about one of my one of the best writers about um radical compassion is Torah. And one of the things she wrote recently, and I'm looking at it now, it says mindfulness and self-compassion both allows us to live with less resistance towards ourselves and our lives. And I think when you really think about that, what is that really saying? That means when I'm mindful, as well as I'm practicing self-compassion, I can, I don't have to resist the things that are going on in my life. I can sit back and ask myself important questions on 
how should I show up for myself or this situation? I can learn to be kind and, and gentle with my response towards myself. Um, I can actually give myself what I need in those moments. And I also can be kind towards even my suffering, right? I don't have to resist even the pain because I can even comfort myself through that. And I think, but, you know, when Brittany brought it home about mindfulness, I think one of the biggest components of being able to successfully um, work through an issue or to be very successful at, you know, getting over any type of pain is to be in mind, to be present with that pain, to be very mindful of what's happening in your body, outside of your body, but also knowing how to give yourself what you need. And that's one of my favorite statements to my client. What do you need right now? Are you giving yourself what you need? And sometimes it's even if it's the smallest thing, right? We've been stuck in, like you're stuck in traffic all day. You've had a, a caseload of work to do. You're so overwhelmed by the time you get home. And do you need to be critical when you walk through the door and make a mistake? No. Mm. Do you need to be upset because you didn't get a chance to maybe go to a, um, an event? No. He to tell you, I don't need to do that to myself right now. I think being compassionate means to to really lessen the load of self-criticism, to lessen the load of a shoulda, coulda, woulda, um, to lessen mm-hmm. the load of being your own worst um, enemy in every case. Um, and I always tell my clients that deal with the imposter syndrome because a lot of us deal with the imposter syndrome because that's like, I'm not, I didn't do enough. I should have did this more. You know, you just had an event and you're like, man, I wish I would have did this. I, I don't, I think I didn't do enough. I think people didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't save enough lives. I didn't help enough people. No, that's a lot of extra. I think when we add that compound interest on our emotions, then we step away from self-compassion. So what I would tell you to do is stop adding the um, compound interest on your emotion. Notice when your cup is empty and notice what it needs. And also know how to feel it. And how do you feel that cup? You feel it with love. You feel it with a little bit more grace. Um, it's so important that we learn how to give ourselves grace because if you're limited in giving yourself grace, you're probably going to teach your kids those same type of techniques. And you're going to teach people around you how to love you too because even when they want to be gracious toward you, they may even be hard because they're like, well, that's how you act towards us and this is how you want to you know so it's like don't do those things because what happens is that sometimes when you need other people really close to you to give you that compassion maybe they won't because they're so used to you not you know giving yourself that compassion so it's just like be cautious of those things and know that it's okay to fill your cup up with with grace and compassion um, and and just try try to be softer. Um, I remember reading this book called Try Softer. It was one of the best books I read about gentleness. Um, we all deserve it. Some of us come from terrible backgrounds, traumatic experiences as childhood traumatic experiences, um, adult traumatic experience. And sometimes all we need is grace because life has been hard for us. And so it's like if you don't learn to give it to yourself, then sometimes People won't know how to give it to you. So I think the best place to start is start with you. And one of our favorite quotes on this thing is like, you have the power to change only you. So why not start with you? So you have the power to influence others, but the power to really change, you have to start with yourself. So that's my word today. And 
That's what I have to say about the power of radical compassion and grace. Mm-hmm. I love this, sis. I love that. I think you really, really hit it there. I'm so glad that we had a, a chance to talk about this this today with this whole this whole season. We have been uh, our very first season. We have been discussing reassessing our power or how does it how does it look to reassess your power and in this season we're giving you different different tools and and different tools and in, in, in reassessing different different aspects of our powers and so I, I, I'm excited about what we're going to continue to do with this season and I hope I really really hope that everyone enjoyed it today I, I definitely did. I definitely did. And these are things that not only you can think about, but things I'm going to definitely continue to think about and, and continue to practice in, in my everyday life. And we're going to put a couple of tools at the um, end. We're going to attach them to this episode, like tools on how to practice radical acceptance. I mean, radical compassion, a couple of books on radical um, um, compassion, as well as mindfulness books. Um, just tools that you can probably utilize and we'll put a scripture and also the quote there as well, if you like, but we'll definitely put some tools into, and, and just to make sure you're building your toolbox. I think one of the most powerful things that we could ever do is to learn more, right? Learn more things and have more tools readily available to ourselves. Um, is very important. I think as we're building our emotional strength, and I mean, we're building not only our emotional strength, we're building our spiritual strength too, right, sis? I think it's very mm-hmm, important that definitely. we build this toolbox. And I always tell my clients too, what if anything, make room for new tools, make room for new tools, be flexible. Yes. I love how, you know, like Brittany was talking about her husband, like the organizers too. I love going in the garage and looking at our tools. And sometimes we'll buy new tools, we'll add them and we'll make new room. Mm-hmm. We'll make room for them. Make room for newness, make room for radical yes. change. And as you're making yes. room for radical change, you're also making room for expansion. And the more you expand, the better you become. So what we're doing, we're helping you reach your best self. Um, this is not a this is just us being real with you because we want to see your life flourish. And I think if you, you ever, I don't know if you've ever met someone and you can see their radiance from a mile away, the more you love yourself and you really tone into this power that we're talking about throughout this season, you're going to radiate from a mile away. People will see your love from a mile away. So that's what we're giving you today. And I hope you enjoyed this session. I hope you enjoyed um, some of the other episodes that we've brought to you so far. Um, Take care and have a wonderful day. And have an amazing day, you guys. Yeah. Hopefully you can see, we can talk to you guys next week. So take care. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.